Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. We make our way down a long, dark hallway. At the end of it, we see a glowing archway, bright against the darkness around it. As we get closer, we see a room on the other side. And then, from that room, we hear the echo of a battle cry. We step through the archway and see a shrine to Halia Bright Axe. The tall marble statue of her wields a greatsword wreathed in spirals of flame. Its eyes are glowing with radiant light. And just as soon as we notice it, the holy light flickers out. At the foot of the statue kneels Esmir. In her hands, she holds a symbol of victory wrapped in red cloth. Standing beside her are Jake, Cullen, and Jack Ironfist. They all bask in the divine presence of the dwarven goddess of battle and luck. All right, so you guys have discovered a shrine to the god Gorm deep within Firehammer Hold, and you've found out what the bloke is really all about. Yeah. And you've uh, cleared out Firehammer Hold of all the Durgar invaders. You've uh, pleased the goddess Halia Brightaxe with that. And now you've got to get the citizens of Jolkin out and uh, get them back to Jolkin. So you make your way to the kitchen where they've uh, barricaded themselves inside and are awaiting your return. All right, we're gonna knock. Hey guys, knock, knock. We knock on the door. Hey guys, Mags, Liam, open the door. We cleared the dungeon and we're all safe. How do we know it's you? It's us, (laughs) those guys. We'll do our secret knock. Ready? It goes like this. (laughs) So when I do that, that means it's safe, okay? Okay, ready? <laughs> Let us in! Wait, you can't make up a secret knock when you want to get back in. <laughs> okay, I, I know something that only a few people would know. I know the place where Mags hid the key. <laughs> I know that too! Let's just say it doesn't smell that great. <laughs> And if you don't believe that, then uh, um, we're here to change your hay. (laughs) (laughs) That's rude. And you start to hear furniture being moved away from the door. And then Esmir readies a firebolt just to scare the shit out of him. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. (laughs) All right, you enter the kitchen and you see all the villagers there looking at you with anticipation, right? Hoping that this is it, that this is finally the moment that they will get the hell out of here. All right. Hey, guys, it's all cool, man. It's all cool. And then I go up to uh, Liam Burnside and then we do the shake. I'm like, come on, man, shake. And then we got like... Punch a slap, a back, the knee thing, a slap, 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 and then we both slap our ass and go. Tss. And everyone's wondering when we had time to figure yeah, out. Yeah, well, I was handshake. wondering that myself. <laughs> yeah, and I, we just wink. I just wink at him. It's good. You don't need to know. And Jake just stands there, just in in amazed, just absolutely <laughs> amazed by this. He's just kind of stunned and staring. Yeah, that was incredible. It's called serendipity, man. And then Mag says, "Hey, where's where's Elric?" Uh, he got he was otherwise detained. Oh, yeah. So he's not coming with us. No. no. Badness fell upon him. It's a tragic end to him. I I have to say, but uh, hopefully not the end, but the beginning of something new. Yes. We might have to track him to a very, very far and dark place, but we'll not talk about that right now. Here, yeah, we don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Let's just say he went to work, in quotes. So I'm going to pass around the Jake juice. Okay. Some of the villagers definitely take you up on that and take a swig. 
just go easy on the Jake Juice guys. You guys ready to get the hell out of here? Everybody's nodding their heads. Yes, we're we're ready. And uh, Liam and Max tell everyone to gather up any supplies and rations uh, for the journey back to Jokin. So they, uh, you know, pack up all the remaining uh, dried meats and roots and tubers. And uh, don't forget the beer, guys. Get those kegs over there. Yep. And they grab the uh, kegs. And when they're ready, you guys uh, pass out some torches and start uh, leading them back up to the upper section of the hold and eventually to the long staircase that leads up to the main entrance. And as you make your way up the dark stairs, your drift globe and the torches illuminate that huge wall carving that you saw when you first entered the hold. The carving of the dwarf with the flaming maul fighting an enormous dragon. And as you pass by, the shadows uh, created by the torches flicker and move. And it looks like the carving itself animates and the battle seems to come to life for a brief moment. Cool. And soon you make it to the top and enter a large hall with a 20 foot tall ceiling supported by four massive stone pillars. And across from you, on the other side of the hall, stand 12 foot tall, 10 foot wide stone double doors. And the hall is empty, except for two horse-drawn wagons. Now there's no horses, but you see that one of the carts is uh, empty, but the other one is full of crates and barrels. Mm. What's in the the crates? I'm going to go look over there. Okay, you look in the crates and they're filled with freshly forged weapons. And the barrels are kegs of Firehammer Ale. So this was where they were taking things to deliver them to wherever they were, wherever their forces are mustering. That's interesting. For the assault. Yeah, so it looks like the full cart was set up and ready for uh, delivery somewhere, right? Uh, Like maybe Harp Shield or Jolkin or or Filand Lodge. Because uh, you guys know that they were getting supplies from here. Well, I think, I think we should pass I, out weapons to everyone here. No, I think we should hook up a horse to this wagon and take all this crap to Jolkin, which I'm sure they'd like some Can use kegs those. of ale and weapons. Yep, absolutely. They they need to restock their arsenal. Yeah. We need our horses to pull the carts. Yeah, two of the. Well, we got Elric's horse could do one. And then one of your horses could do the other one. Longface, Longface is uh, young and sprightly. Longface will handle it. Yeah, so we'll just we'll just be like, okay, guys, this is the plan. We're gonna hook up these wagons to our horses. Anybody who can walk should walk. Take maybe take shifts, and then anybody who's the worst off stay in one of the wagons. And then we could take turns switching. How's that sound, guys? Hooray. And the villagers all nod their heads in, a, in agreement, right? They're all good with that plan. And how's about this? We lighten the load a little and enjoy one of these kegs. Am I right? <laughs> enjoy one of these kegs. <laughs> Make room for another person, you know. <laughs> Have a kegger. Have a kegger right outside of the gates. <laughs> kegger the whole way home. Oh, yeah. Gotta lighten the load, you know. It's liquid bread. <laughs> Let's get the horses. So we burst open the double doors to the outside. Is there a bar there or a lock? Or- yeah, you see like a big lever by the doors that looks like it would open it up. Let's open this sucker up and air it out. It stinks in here. All right, you, uh, you pull on the lever and you hear the sound of mechanisms moving within the stone walls and the doors slowly swing open. And you look out and see that it's pitch black out. It's nighttime. Oh. oh. All right, You've guys. lost track of time while you're in the mountain. Yeah. And Jack's like, you know, uh, we should just take a long rest here and leave at first light. I'm still still a little sore from our last fight. That's cool. I want to go and rest. Uh, I want to go see Longface. Yeah, we'll, bo- we'll go bring our horses up. Get them all hitched. Okay, the horses are just outside uh, next to the hostel. And when they see you come around the corner, they look at you like, 
Where in the nine hells have you been? Sorry. That's been over a week. We were killing guys. We were killing guys. Actually, it's only been two days since you entered the hold. Yeah. Wow. It definitely seems longer. Seems a lot longer. Yeah. Sorry, Bucephalus. Elric will not be joining you again. At least for a while. I'm going to um, help some of the people go find the well and maybe like wash up and stuff like that and find some other clothes maybe around the, you know. Okay. And get people into some clean clothes and have them wash up a little bit. Okay. In the castle. We'll be in the castle doing that. Yeah, and as you're doing that, uh, you discover that right here in this entrance hall, there are these uh, six large stone basins uh, along the walls, and they're filled with water. And you look up to the ceiling, and you see that the dwarves have built like a like a drainage system to collect rainwater from outside and drain it into these barrels inside. Hmm. So there's plenty of water right here in the hall. Okay. Cool. So there's fresh water there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so for then them we sh- to wash up and stuff, because they probably want to like clean themselves up and stuff like that before they like take a long rest. And if yeah. you okay. have a skin, you might want to fill it up before you wash up in it. Yeah, well, you don't have to use every <laughs> basin for washing up. <laughs> wow, this guy, this guy, he's a wisdom guy. Knowledge <laughs> clerics, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't clean yourself with your own filth. <laughs> Don't drink your own filth. <laughs> so you so you settle in for a long rest. Um, Mags, uh, he goes around the hall and lights up the sconces on the pillars so everyone can see what they're doing as they, you know, wash up and pack up the wagons for the journey home. And uh, Liam, he uh, he goes around and uh, helps the villagers, you know, settle in for the night and. Uh, make sure everyone's okay for the for the journey. And Jack, he uh, he just settles down with a mug of ale and uh, makes himself comfortable. So, what are you guys doing uh, before you turn it? I uh, just check in on the horses and make sure that they're that they're um, good. They got they're enough about- hay and grass to eat. Okay. I'm gonna make. Um, I'm gonna take the red silk sheets and I'm gonna that I got. And I'm gonna cut them into strips, and then I'm gonna braid them, and I'm gonna make Liam and Mag's headbands. Come on, guys! <laughs> we'll be the headband buddies. Headbands. Yeah, headband buddies. Come on, come on, guys! Look how cool this is. They think it's totally cool. They're like way into it. Yeah, yeah. You're honorary members of those guys. Just remember, yeah. it's prestigious. Mags, do you want to learn our handshake? Do you want to learn our handshake? And we're, so me and Mags and Liam are working on our handshake. Okay. We all got we all got red, uh, red headbands on, and we're working on our handshakes while we drink beer. And I'm just remembering, as I'm about to level up, that I, in my last leveling up, uh, acquired the, the the gaming skill, and I'm good at cards. So if anybody wants to play cards, okay, cool. Play cards. Nice. nice. And a couple people take you up on that and they, you know, sit down next to you. A little, I don't know, queen in the poke. Let's, whatever they call games now, I I know them all. It's a card Just don't master. Let, don't let Jake get near those cards. He's going to start betting, making bets and stuff. Keep those things away and, from me. And yelling, fool's game, fool's game. Because that's what it is. Only when you lose. Uh, these are all friendly games here. No money changing hands. All right, so during this long rest, I think it's a good time to level up to level six. Yay! Right on. So, Jake, we'll start with you. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, you get another seven hit points. Right on. So I'll have 45. Yep, your max is now 45. And you also get a third, third level spell slot. Right on. And uh, now you can use your channel divinity powers twice between rests. Nice. And you get a new channel divinity power um, from the knowledge domain called Read Thoughts. Ooh. So now you have three channel divinity powers, Turn Undead, Knowledge of the Ages, and now Read Thoughts. That's cool. 
That's awesome, actually. Which is, as an action, choose one creature you can see within 60 feet of you. That creature must make a wisdom saving throw. If the creature fails the save, you can read its surface thoughts. And it lasts for a minute. And during that time, you can use your action to end this effect and cast the suggestion spell on the creature without expending a spell slot. And the target automatically fails the saving throw. Wow, nice. So nah, That's nice. pretty powerful. Well, there you go. And so suggestion comes back in the, You're into like my- You're freaking Obi-Wan Kenobi, dude. Right, exactly. That's awesome. So yeah, so I want to keep suggestion in my little battery. Jake's going to be at the the, uh, the pub. He's gonna oh yeah, I'm going to be playing threes with this one. <laughs> I think she's checking me out. Oh, no. Let me see. Jake wouldn't cheat. Jake would not cheat. Yeah, unless it was be... to save somebody else or to fight a bad guy. We'll see. When you have such power, will you turn to the dark side? <laughs> You'll never know. I think you're going to give me a discount on this. Oh, yeah. Jake takes a um, uh, toke off of his uh, little pipe of smoke dragons and winks at the DM. <laughs> he he looks into the camera looks into the camera right exactly jake winks to the audience (laughs) (laughs) all right let's go to cullen um so it looks like you've leveled yourself up to six already you got antsies in your pantsy well the the button let me do it (laughs) it said when you click i just made myself a 15th level cleric All right, so as a fighter at sixth level, you get an ability score improvement. Uh, so have you decided where you want to put those two points? Yeah, I wanted to uh, put them into constitution. Okay, so your constitution will go from 14 to 16. So now it's a plus three, and your constitution saving throw is now a plus six. And your uh, hit point maximum will go to uh, 58. Wow. Nice. Right on. All right, so Esmir, you want to go to Bardverd, right? Uh, yeah. Split level. Yeah. I filled out my FAFSA forms. I filled out the FAFSA. <laughs> and uh, I got some uh, got some cash. You got some yeah, tuition I'm money? Go. Yeah. <laughs> and I got, a, um, I got a scholarship, too, because I killed the Red Wizard, and they heard about that. <clears throat> they really want me to come there because... You know, they, if they have one of those guys going to Bardford, they could totally, like, you know, get other people to go there. Increase They the could tuition. totally sell it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to put you on the cover, smiling. Yeah, exactly. The brochures. On the, uh, on the brochures. Right. Well, you know, on the um, alumni newsletter. Yeah. Right. They show the smiling teacher over your shoulder pointing to the page while you smile with the pencil in your hand. <laughs> Not a pencil, a quill. With a quill in your hand? your parchment. Oh, wait a minute. What an amazing idea. I'm going to invent the pencil, you see. (laughs) All right, so uh, you're going to be a level five wizard and a level one bard. So since you're taking a level in bard, you get the bard hit points and hit die. So uh, instead of the wizards, right? So instead of a seven, you get a nine. So your max hit points is now 36. What's the hit die for a bard? It's a D8. D8. Wasn't yours a D4 before? It was a D6. D6? Okay. So it's it's an improvement. Do I have to sing a song when I roll that one? Sure, if you'd like. Okay. And you also get a third, third level spell slot. Nice. And you also gain some proficiencies from the bard class. Uh, you're now proficient in light armor and one instrument, which I'm assuming is the harp. Yeah. And you also get to become proficient in a new skill. So uh, if you go to your skills page on your character sheet, you can choose any skill um, that you don't have a star by. I can add one. Yep, and whichever one you choose, you'll get a plus three in that skill. All right. You know what? I think I might do intimidation. Intimidation would be awesome. Because I think Esmir's going to try and just intimidate people more often. (laughs) (laughs) 
This little gnome. This little gnome trying She's to intimidate like, everybody. No, you know what? It sounds you know like what? you've got issues with your size. I'm going to decline the booster, <laughs> and you're going to give me that beer for free. <laughs> All right, cool. Or I'll break your spleen. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, so, um, That's so funny. those are your new proficiencies. Now you also gain bardic inspiration once per long rest. And with that, you can inspire others through stirring words or music. To do so, you use a bonus action and choose one creature other than yourself within 60 feet who can hear you. And that creature gains one bardic inspiration die, which is a D6. And then within the next 10 minutes, the creature can roll the die and add the number rolled to one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw. Wow. That's cool. So it's like Jake's Bless, but they can choose uh, when to use it. And it's a D6. And it's a D6, yep. Instead of a D4, which is pretty amazing. Now I gotta sing a song. Oh, Jakey, you came without taking, and I need you today, oh, Jakey. <laughs> Jake blushes. He don't know. How's that? I think it would be more a short, a shorter kind of more like you know. Well, you're not a bard, so to the breach. Yes, you're not. You know, that's what a fighter guy would say. Go, 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 break stuff. (laughs) Hey, no, that was a little bit more. Bards are Tennyson. You've been studying well at Bardford, and we are proud of you. (laughs) And finally, uh, you get to learn bard spells. Uh, So you get two bard cantrips and four first-level bard spells. Wow. Oh, boy. (laughs) There's a lot of spells to choose from. Yeah, there's a bunch. And I am not schooled enough in this stuff, so I need to really take some time to try and figure this out and then maybe go through them with you guys. Yeah. So you can help me. That would be cool. Capital plan. All right, Rudy. Yeah, let's do that. Right on. Yeah, because I you got like I don't know that much about, I don't know what the stuff is. Out, uh, I'm not a total nerd. I'm just, I'm just like an apprentice nerd, <laughs> not like a high end nerd. All right, so uh, give us uh, you know a little summary of the spells you picked. Okay, cool. So I, so I picked. Dissonant Whispers. Okay. That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, so you're going to be singing Dissonant Whispers of yeah. a Good Friend. You know I'm you're never, never going to dance again. again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I got these dissonant whispers in my mind. Yeah, and that's how you're going to get psychic damage listening to me singing that. Perfect. So awful. So So I picked Dissonant Whispers, Feather Fall. So in case we ever fall, we're going to be good. (laughs) Unless I. All of us fall at once. (laughs) I can stop five falling creatures. And um, I'm going to be singing Free Falling for that one. Okay, and then I'm going to do Healing Word, which is nice because I can heal someone from a distance, 60 feet away, and I can, like, if someone's dead or something, I can get them to, you know, get Mm -hmm. back up from a distance. So I thought that would be a good compliment to Jake's um, healing abilities. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. And speak with animals, not to be confused with speak with small beasts. So... My other, my other power, what is it? Speak with small beasts? Uh-huh, yeah. You can only kind of like have a very, like you can just kind of have a very minor interaction with very small animals. Surface conversation. Go over there. Like almost even less than that, yeah. Yeah. But speak with, speak with animals, um, you can actually communicate with the animal, ask it to do you a favor or tell you what's going on in a much more sophisticated way. Mm. Which is cool. pretty badass. Yeah, and that's so. totally So before you could just say, did a guy with a cloak run through here? And it might go, yeah. Maybe. It might go cheapity cheap. <laughs> and then cheap, cheap. Now he might say, yes. And he was carrying a dead man in his arms. Like, could you go grab me one of those beers out of the fridge? Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Esmir. 
Um, and what uh, what cantrips did you pick? So okay, so I have vicious mockery. When I, that's going to be me um, dissing people's mamas. Doing what you normally do, but with verve. <laughs> Laced with subtle enchantments at a creature you see within range. The target can hear you, but it doesn't have to understand me because I can use body language and take mm. 1d4 psychic damage and have Thumb disadvantage. thing. Your middle finger. Middle finger, yeah. of course. So vicious mockery as opposed to gentle mockery. <laughs> Comforting mockery. Comfort, comforting. comforting mockery. I love it. <laughs> and then press the digitation, which is just fun to say. <laughs> cool. Okay, that one's yeah. That one's got a lot of. I'm gonna have to do a little uh, brainstorming on that one because I there's a lot of stuff you can do. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can do with that. I can warm up or flavor um, non living material for one hour. <laughs> Bruh, bring that keg over here, brah. Okay, cool. All right. So uh, the night in the entrance hall goes by uneventfully, and you wake to the sounds of villagers anxiously preparing to head out and get back home. So go ahead and uh, prepare your spells for the day and do your morning rituals and stuff. All right, guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here we go, guys. I'm concentrating on what things may come to pass. Oh, Ooh. 17. That's good. That's that a very nice real good, guys. That is a good one. Okay, guys. Now. Get a one. <laughs> or a 20. 18. Ooh. Oh, those are, all, those are all pretty good. I see good yeah. things happening yeah. in the future. It's going to be a good day. And then... Let's roll the... Let me get my fluff ball. Hey, guys! People! People are joking! <laughs> Gather round Gather and around. observe! Check this out! What does this look like that I'm holding in my hand? A piece of lint. It looks like what you pull out of your belly button right before you take a shower, doesn't it? I've Which got takes... some right here! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I go... Whoop, and I threw it. I wish my belly button lint would turn into a little creature. Three. Oh. Three is Badge Badge. Badgy hey, Badge Badge Badgerson. This is Badgy Badgerson. He's I my buddy. <laughs> Yikes. Badgy, be nice. <laughs> Still haven't rolled a six yet. I know. I'm like, keep my fingers crossed. We'll, we'll learn one day. One day. All right, so you guys get all your stuff together. The caravan's ready to go. You open the massive stone doors. They slowly swing open. Sunshine begins to beam in through the widening crack. And then we cut to a a shot from the back of the dark hall, and we watch the beam of sunlight grow wider and wider. And then we uh, we cut to a uh, cut to a shot of the villagers squinting uh, <laughs> from the bright sunlight pouring in, and then and we... it's smoky. It's smoky, but we don't know exactly why. Yes, there might be a and smoke. They're, they're wearing a crude assemblage of dead Dugar armor and rags. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. And then Esmer's like, "Come on, guys, this is called the superhero shot. Okay, everybody, line up." Look badass. You just kind of walk in like a rhythmic motion. Tall people in the back, shorter people in front. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you guys walk out looking all badass with your horses and carts and the two dozen villagers, and you begin making your way uh, down the path that hugs Firehammer Hold and the Forlorn Hills. And then the camera pulls back to a wide shot of your caravan traveling atop that 2,000-foot-tall cliff. And eventually, you make your way down to the bottom and the iron road, and you begin heading south. Okay, guys, if you if anybody sees a two-headed monster guy, let us know, okay? Because we've established a rapport with him, and he'll, he won't eat us if we just get in there first and talk to him. Well, it takes a little bribing, a, bit, a lot of convincing. 
Hopefully he's charisma. gone off looking for his uh, girlfriend, you know. Girlfriend who went to the bathroom and didn't come yes, back. Yes, a year ago. <laughs> and soon you arrive at the statue of Vergadane, the dwarf god of mercantilism. The 10-foot-tall statue of the Laughing God sits atop a basin filled with rainwater that's green with algae. And he holds a coin in one hand and points towards Firehammer Hold with the other. And still nailed to his chest is that iron shield painted with Laduguer's symbol, ah. the broken crossbow bolt. I would like to remove it. You want to draw straws for the for who gets to do that? <laughs> I just want it removed. If you want to go ahead and take the lead, uh, by all means. I'd be more than happy to. I'm going to climb up there and using my strength and my fortified constitution, <laughs> I rip it off. Roll, roll an athletics check. Don't, don't squeak a fart out while you're doing it. Gods don't like that. <laughs> and it comes from me high fiber diet. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think you might have. Oh, no, you got a plus seven. I have a plus seven, so but 12 may not be enough. 12 is not enough. Damn it. It's not budging. Here! And while he's doing that, I'm just going to reach, like, way. I'm just going to kind of, like, climb up on the edge of this thing and reach my arm as high as I can go and touch him on the head with a bit of guidance. Okay. I'll help you. I got a negative one athletics. Esmir's going to go over there, too. Okay. So you guys are all up on this statue, yeah. helping Cullen. Poking him. Uh, so go ahead and roll with advantage and a d4 for guidance. We're up there poking him. Yeah! <laughs> 21. 21. With my bonus, I just got it. <laughs> all right, so working together, uh, you guys rip that shield off of the statue's chest. And as you do, uh, the statue's eyes flash with radiant light. And then... A gleeful laugh erupts from the statue. <laughs> and I fall off onto my ass, and I'm like scrambling backwards. What the hell is that thing? <laughs> <laughs> and then you, uh, you all see uh, the rainwater in the basin uh, suddenly shimmer, mm. and the algae disappears, and the basin fills with a red liquid that pulses with a dull light. Ooh. Hey, we gotta get can that I, into a flask. Can I take a finger lick? Yes, and you realize uh, that this basin now contains four vials worth of potions of greater healing. Ooh, oh, nice. I take some of me old greater healing bottles, and the ones that don't have fire water in them. <laughs> I think we have lots of empty healing potion bottles. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And if you guys just would have uh, done that on your way into Firehammer Hold, uh, you'd have had all your uh, healing potions that you were complaining you didn't have. Oh, <laughs> we, we didn't remove That's the thing. Awesome. We could have just done it right then and there. And now there's only three of us, right? Jack's like, I'll take one. Oh, yes. I didn't even see you there. You're so small. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. That's not I look nice. over at Jack. I look over at Jack and I'm like, this Jack guy doing the cut, cut. They didn't guess my neck yet. Don't worry about it. I'm just Jack. doing that, that thumb thing, you know, this guy. All right. So you guys gather up the gift from Vergadane, his uh, thank you for removing the evil god symbol. He even seems to be smiling a little bit more. Mm. Nice. And you continue down the iron road, making your way through the rocky and craggy terrain towards Ulaven. And then we uh, we cut uh, various shots of your caravan slowly moving along the gravelly road as the sun moves across the sky. And then we cut to each of you during this uh, this travel montage. Uh, what are your characters doing as they uh, travel along with the caravan? Yeah, so Jake has been, like, really enthralled in this book, um, The History of Halo Brightax. Okay. And, uh, and and I've been learning all kinds of really, really neat things about this lady. She's like a six-foot-tall, muscled female dwarf. She's just fantastic. <laughs> she sounds like a real hottie, Jake. But she was a bit... Of a loose cannon, you see, uh, she like truly enjoyed annihilating evildoers. 
Oh. Ah, so unlike most dwarves, then, you're saying (laughs) very different. She was, yeah, she was, uh, there, there, let's just say that her followers, the, the learned followers, the ones who became full priests, they were called the Blades of Bright Axe. Ooh. Which would just indicate their bloodlust, you see. And now they're <laughs> clerics. They're clerics who are called the cat, the Katana. That translates into blood maidens. Oh. So you can tell there's a bit of bloodlust from these people. But, hey, he was awfully nice to us. <laughs> well, I think, you know, if you're going to have to do something to a bad guy, annihilating him is a pretty good idea. You know, well, you that's annihilate a few guys and people don't bother you anymore. Yeah, she never cut off the hands of a beggar. I see you've struck on me philosophy. <laughs> she was one of the good ones. The deader they are, the better they are. <laughs> yes. This is an amazing book. I'll tell you more as I learn it as I go. Well, I'm going to look upon the line of the, the various refugees here. And if I see anybody falling back, I'm going to offer them my mount, and I'm going to walk along, in any case, with everyone, because we're all, we can only move mm-hmm. at a slow pace because there are people on foot. Oh, yeah. Yes. Sure. There's some guys, it's like, uh, he falters for a moment. I'm like, no, please, get on the horse, you know. Right. Nice. Cool. Yeah, Asmir. Asmir has to. She, you know, she gives sm- uh, someone smaller her 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 pony. But some, you know, a lot of times she has to ride on there just because the, you know, it's harder for her to keep up. Yeah, yeah just because of her stride yeah. being smaller. Yes. Yeah, I don't think anybody would begrudge um, you your mount. And when she's in, when she when she's taking time out to like just be by herself, she pulls out her jeweler's kit. She's working on her project with her jeweler's kit. Okay. What are you making over there? She shut up. It's a surprise. <laughs> are you making jewelry? She wouldn't tell uh, us last time. It's a surprise. Are you and making a bracelet? I, it could be a French bracelet. a necklace. Bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am going to make a cloak or tooth necklace for Jerry. Nice. You're going to use that copper wire that you found. Uh, yeah, I'm going to wrap the copper wire around the cloak or tooth. And then it's gonna get hooked onto like a thin piece of the red sheets. I'm gonna make like a braided. It's gonna. I'm gonna braid thin strips of it into like the chain. It's gonna be that braided silk, red silk. Okay. And then the cloaker tooth clasp is gonna be made out of the copper wire. Cool. And I'm looking at it out of the corner of my eye. Not even the corner of my eye. I'm just kind of looking at it as she's kind of. I guess if you're um, kind of braiding that thing. And I'm just kind of smirk a little bit. I'm like, it's beautiful, but man, that's some bad juju coming off that thing. <laughs> yeah, this thing's going to be a relic. Jerry's going to be able to retire on this thing. Uh, maybe he could have used it as a pick for his loot. <laughs> yeah, he could. For sure. Um, and then then there's going to be other times where if you if you... When people are looking over at Esmir, she's got her her eyes closed, and she's like bobbing her head to a beat, and then she's like writing stuff down. Are you composing mad rhymes up there? Yeah, bro. On your pony. Yeah. Uh, I'm working on a song, and I may or may not have something about skivvies in it. I'm not sure yet. Oh, (laughs) no. Nice. I got a, I got a bloke in my skivvies. Mm. I got a bloke in my skivvies. I got a bloke in my skivvies. Mm. Need some work, yeah. <laughs> and then around late afternoon, you begin to leave the rocky terrain of the forlorn hills and begin traveling through more green and foresty terrain. And as the sun begins to touch the western horizon, you arrive at Ulevin. Long shadows cast by the abandoned buildings crisscross the overgrown cobblestone road and the fountain that sits in the center of this ghost town. A deer drinking from the fountain runs off into the encroaching woods as you approach. So it's time to make camp. 
do you guys want to camp outside, or do you want to rest in that inn that you checked out um, last time you were here? We can go clear the inn. Mm. We could. Well, you check it out, you know, you look through the windows and check out in the back, and you see that it's empty. Mm. There's no owlbears rummaging about. I'm sure the people would want some shelter. Yeah, we'll scare away the rats and the mice and the other little critters and set up bedrolls. Yeah. I mean, it gets us out of the elements and stuff, and there's, yeah, a, there's great... a fireplace. Yeah. You know. Okay, so you guys unload and tie up the horses, and everyone heads inside to settle in for the night. Hey, Esmir. Yeah? What do you say we gather these tubers and roots and you break out that that awesome little spice kit you've got there? <laughs> Cook up a stew. What do you say? I could do that. I got my... um. Heward's handy spice pouch. That's what I'm talking about. And I got my seven herbs and spices. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, this should be So the spice pouch appears empty. While holding the pouch, you can speak the name of a non-magical food seasoning, salt, pepper, saffron, or cilantro. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, right at the end of this, when the stew's just about done, you put a little splash of cilantro in. That's uh, fresh. Mm, yummy. Yes. I probably have an apple. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then maybe I'll get some of the. I'm, uh, I'm gonna get a bunch of. Who wants to learn how to make a good stew? Anybody? Jambalaya? <laughs> Esmir's jambalaya? Yeah, yeah. There's there's te- there's people that are definitely interested. Uh, so they uh, start to you know gather around. Okay. Okay, come guys. Yeah, you can get you like a little make... class going. Mm. I'm gonna show you how to make a gnomish jambalaya using tubers <laughs> and roots. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. So we have uh, a scene in the abandoned kitchen with the fire crackling in the fireplace and an iron kettle hanging over the fire, and there's folks gathering around as Esmir chops up some tubers and roots. I'm I'm standing in the back of all these people kind of gathered in this semicircle in this kitchen watching uh, Esmir. Um, Actually, I would be standing by Esmir and kind of like if she needed something like, you know, trying to help out, but really just kind of focused on what she's doing. Okay. (laughs) Because I'm just enthralled by it. And then you look over and you see Esmir with her hands over the pot and she's like scraping like yeah you know uh herbs between her hands over the pot and then blowing them off her hands just gotta put just the right amount i break out my playing cards <laughs> okay and liam and mag see you uh shuffling your deck of cards and they sit down for a game every once in a while i get up and check with the guards we posted at the doors okay you know have a mm-hmm. have a pipe look out mm-hmm. the window of the door with them How's it going? See anything out there? <laughs> no, nothing, sir. Tis a quiet night. Yes, indeed, it would appear so. I really hope it stays that way. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're you're out there uh, checking the perimeter, talking with these guys, and it's pitch black outside. And you see that it's a new moon tonight, so there's not much light this evening. Mm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And it's behind the forlorn hills. Yes, so it's quite dark out. Now, new moon's the sliver, right? No, uh, new, new moon, moon means no moon. no moon. You could see it, but it doesn't have enough light to reflect it. And then what comes after well. the new moon? The sliver, right? Yeah. yeah. The wax, it's waxing. Okay, hey, Jake. Jake. Yes. Keep track of the lunar calendar now, because, you know, we got to check on you know whoosie in about 30 days. What? <laughs> that old that thing? Was, I thought that was a long time ago. Is that back? We've already been through some moons. I don't think so. I think so. Well, this is the new moon, so it's been about a half month since the since the werewolf fight. Really? Yeah. And oh I don't God, think the DM would like be mentioning so the lunar cycle if it wasn't significant <laughs> for some reason. That's I true. I think it just me just means it's dark. <laughs> 
That's what he means. Yeah, I'm just describing he the night. specified the, the phase of the moon that was currently... Well, I'm trying to be descriptive. Mm, paint a picture. Oh, bullshit. And as the moon is waxing... <laughs> just trying to be descriptive. So are you all yeah. standing right in that exact spot? Mm. Roll initiative! <laughs> It's a new moon. Roll initiative. <laughs> cool, man. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice out well, there. So what does that mean? Does he need to shave or is it happening? I don't know. AC, go do some recon. AC's going to do some recons for the, he's going to do some fly arounds at night and just check out. Do That's some. a good idea. AC. If he goes to take a pee and he lifts his leg, you have to let us know right away. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell some of the guys on watch, this is AC. He's got really good night vision and he's very good at doing recon. So if he comes up to you and he says, whoo, that's cool. <laughs> but if he says, whoo, whoo, that's really bad. You got to come find me. <laughs> and Cullen, you go back in after uh, checking the perimeter and you put your playing cards away. And as you're putting them back in your backpack, you see that black gem that Esmir lost sitting there in your backpack. Oh, wow. Wow. Used to belong to Gertrude. Mm hmm. Huh. How did it get there? It was lost in the ether. Hmm. I don't know, maybe Elric found it on the other side and sent it back. Oh my god. Well, I'm thinking it might have gone to the other side, to wherever, wherever what other plane of dimension of that the Nine Hells are, and uh, Elric may have picked it up and sent it back. Well, you guys know from when Esmir was trying to uh, attune to it and failed to attune to it, yeah. that the gem allows travel to and from the ethereal plane. So it doesn't allow travel to other planes of existence, only the ethereal plane. Oh, okay, so just the ether. Where everybody's drunk. So how did it get from the ether into my bag? And what is the what is the benefit of traveling into the ether? So the ethereal plane is a place that's adjacent to the material plane. Yeah. And the best way to visualize it is from the Lord of the Rings movies, when Frodo would put the ring on and he would disappear, yeah. and everything that he saw was gray and ethereal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though he could see things on the material plane, he couldn't interact with them. Yeah. But he could walk around in the ethereal plane and then pop back into the material plane when he you know, took the ring off. Right. It's like the upside down. Right. Well, if Esmeralda couldn't attune to it, then I'll give it a try. Okay. How do how do I do that? Does it either just work or it doesn't work? Well, attuning takes about an hour. Okay. And, uh, you know, Esmir could maybe help you do it, too. Oh, okay. I don't even know that he has it. Well, I'm about to say, I realize Esmir could probably help me with this. <laughs> so I uh, take it out of my bag, finish putting my cards away, and go over to Esmeralda. Hey, Esmeralda! The most amazing thing has happened. I'm cooking now. I'm cooking. I see that, I'm but I think you're going to want to, you know, put the ladle down for this. What is it? I'm stirring with one hand. I'm looking over <laughs> to him at the other. What do you want? <laughs> Esmeralda, look. In the palm of my hand, I hold that. What back. the crap is that? Oh, my God. Yes. It ended up in my bag. How did it get there? And I grab it from him like, there's no way. There's no way this is the thing from the thing. Oh no, my god. <laughs> it must be it must be morphing on its own. It must be able to go in and out of the ethereal plane on its own, maybe unless someone attunes to it. Mm. Maybe that's I think that's what it is. Should I roll to see anything to see if that's right or if that makes sense? Sure. Yeah, roll an arcana check. Arcana? Mhm. Mm 18 plus Seven. 25. Nice. Okay, with a 25, you get the feeling that um, since you were unable to attune to it, mm -hmm. and then you you know you put it into your uh, bag of holding, that it um, it let it loose into the ethereal plane. Okay. And then for some reason, 
uh, it reappeared on the material plane in Cullen's backpack. Yeah. And you kind of feel that maybe something attracted it to Cullen's pack, like a homing beacon or something. Okay. The stole. Interesting. I have yeah, the stole. Yeah. You guys you've gave got me the, the stole. Feather, you've got the feather stole. It's part of hers, so it went back with its where it came yeah. from. Yeah. It's looking for its master. That's good thinking, Cullen. You're freaking right, wise, the stole. Bro. That's the object you're trying to think of. Must but be. But the interesting thing about that is that this thing is just flooded in evil because it's looking for Gertrude. Mm, no, it's just like a vet, like a. I think it's probably a neutral thing. Or maybe right? because she was attuned to it and because she, it was her stole. It's a like a familiarity thing. Does Colin have the stole on? It's in my bag. You look fabulous. I have to attune to it. I have to attune to it to use it. I also have... That's the thing, Esmeralda. If you can't attune to this thing, perhaps I can. Or you put the stole on and you attune to it and then you attune to this thing and then poof, you disappear. That would not be cool. Hmm. Elric didn't seem to have any trouble attuning to the stole. Yeah. It didn't seem to cause any effect. So I'm going to say the stole is safe. Can I can I roll Arcana to know if uh, like someone like Colin would be able to control something like this? Sure. He doesn't have like magic ability. Because mm-hmm. I I think that might be a problem. Arcana. Right. The last thing we need is for you to turn into Gertrude and get sucked into hell. I roll. I got an eleven. Um, you're not sure. This is all pretty new to you. Okay. But you do know that, you know, you couldn't attune to it, you know, for some reason. But you don't know why. Maybe because you didn't have the stone. Oh. I have an idea. Esmeralda, where am I stole? And try and attune to it then. Okay. Should we do that? Or should, should we have Cullen do it? It's probably more, I don't know if he'd be able to handle it. <laughs> it seems like pretty, a pretty pow- powerful... Well, it would let me sneak up on bad guys. <laughs> okay, you can try it, but if you disappear uh, or, you know, it shrinks your toe and makes it really small or something, I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> Might as well try it. I just don't want it to suddenly have control over you. That's my fear, is that this thing possesses some type of ability to where you, it would be like the precious or something like that. I, we don't need a little golem running around your head. Do you want to try it? Hey, Colin, do you want to try yeah, it? Yeah, I want to try it. do it first? I want to try. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you guys uh, go off someplace away from the villagers, maybe one of the rooms upstairs, and you start and to we set tell up. You your- guys, we're not doing anything weird, okay? <laughs> just be cool. You guys watch the stew. Be cool. It's, this yeah. is just <laughs> those guys' business. Let the stew simmer in a gentle rolling boil, okay? For 45 minutes, and then turn it off and let it sit for a little bit. And we'll be back. I, it'll thicken. Exactly. Good thick stew is important. <laughs> So then as we go up there, I just kind of elbow Esmir a little bit, and I say, well, if nothing happens, at least he's accessorizing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys find a room upstairs, and uh, Esmir sets up her candles and bones and incense, and you sit down and focus and meditate on this shiny black stone, and after about an hour, Cullen you feel a solid connection and attunement to this heartstone. Oh, cool. Wow, it worked. So how do I how do I use it? Do I just go uh Stonius Ethereus? <laughs> yes. And I'm gonna put it in your inventory here. Call it Big you have Pebble. To call it li- big Big Pebble. <laughs> big Pebble. So with it in your hand you can use an action to cast the Ethereum a spell, which allows you to step into the border regions of the ethereal plane in the area where it overlaps your current plane. And you can see and hear the plane you originated from, 
but everything there looks gray and you can't see anything more than 60 feet away. And you can remain there for one minute or use an action to uh, return. And during this time, you can move in any direction, but if you move up or down, it costs double movement. Mm. And while on the ethereal plane, you can only affect and be affected by other creatures on that plane. So creatures that aren't on the ethereal plane can't perceive you and can't interact with you unless they have you know, a, a special spell or ability that allows them to do so. And when you end it, you return to the plane you originated from in the spot you currently occupy. Cool. You said at the end, though, when you leave it, you have to go back out where you came in? No. No, you just end up. Oh, you just you come end out up wherever I am. Wherever okay. you were, yeah. So if I was in the middle of a floor, that would be bad. Right. It says that if you occupy the same spot as a solid object or creature, when you exit, you are immediately shunted to the nearest unoccupied space and you take force damage equal to twice the number of feet you moved. I see there's always a price. (laughs) But if you come out of it in an open spot, then you're good. Then you're good, yeah. Yeah. You just can't come back inside of a rock. Yeah. It would shove me out of the rock to the closest square and hurt. Yeah. Yeah, don't be reckless. I still have to put a number of charges on it, so you can't just use it all the time. No, yeah, yeah. It has to cost something, because it's a level seven spell. Wow, that is... It's pretty powerful. Well, she was doing it probably at her level. I don't know what her level was, but it was pretty high, right? I mean... Well, it's also her hearthstone. She made this for herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she had a connection to it that, you know, you can never have. Right. Yeah. She could use it constantly. At will. Right. Yeah. But for you, it's a little more taxing. Yeah. Now, um, if you start looking like you're shriveling up or getting old or something, we're going to have to detone you from it, okay? Uh, yes. Remove curse. I'm familiar with the uh, <laughs> particulars of that. Okay, what if... Oh, Jake, what if he turns into a werewolf and then he can do that while he's the werewolf? That's going to be... I don't think I could because... Well, I'm whispering to Jake. You can't hear me, bro. <laughs> If he turns, if, see, that's the thing. If he turns into a werewolf while he is attuned to this thing, Ooh. it could be bad. Okay, we're just going to have to keep an eye on him. We're going to have to keep an eye on him. I'm loving all these ideas you're giving me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you finish up attuning, and you guys head back downstairs. We go and- back down, and the stew is just perfect. It's ready to go. Mm. Do you know that they call Helia Brydax the Lady of the Fray? She's also known as the Luck Maiden, uh, the Goddess of Chance. It's a wonderful yes. book. And I am the Goddess of Stew. <laughs> the Goddess of Stew. It was fantastic, I must say. Thank you very much. And did you see, wonderful. did you guys notice there were no ratios of pork involved at all? It's delicious. <laughs> I noticed. It's delicious. <laughs> I noticed. I noticed. noticed. You sound disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, you know, I'm a carnivore. What can I say? Yeah. Well, an omnivore, technically, but let's go to bed. (laughs) I I can't wait till tomorrow when we start out for Succumber. There's a pickle there with me name on it. Do you guys like pickles? Do you guys like pickles? (laughs) Hey, Esmia. Yeah. What? Would you like me to read you a bedtime story? No, his stories are boring. No, this is fantastic. Did you know that the members of the... Of the uh, <laughs> there, there's a bunch of followers, and they've broken off into these military orders and stuff like that, and, and they've called... There's famous groups. The Halia's Host, the Dolls of the Luck Maiden, the Shining Host of the Underdeeps. They even have a group called the Dancing Damsels of the Bright Hacks. That's fantastic. We need a fun name. <laughs> what are you talking? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I nodded off there. <laughs> this is wonderful. Esmir took the um, some of the seven herbs and spices and mixed them with some of the sand from the um, the jar of ash. And she's, make, she's concocting a itching potion. 
itching potion that she's going to put in uh, Jake's sleep sack. Oh, man. <laughs> you suck. You got to roll something for that. <laughs> I yes. I'm going to roll. Okay, I think to make it, you'd roll a nature check to, okay. uh, you know, mix the right ingredients. Yeah, we'll do that, and we'll see. What do I have to roll for it to be itchy? Uh, let's say a, tw- a 13 or higher. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> oh, 18. Oh, that sucks. I put a little bit on my hand, and I'm like, oh, that's itchy. That is itchy. <laughs> And now I'm gonna put some in Jake's sleep sack. Okay, so now you have to sneak it in there. So roll a sleight of hand or a stealth check uh, to see if you can get it in there without him seeing you. Oh, oh seven man. plus three is 10. Ah, what are you doing? <laughs> I know you, you no good. I'm just putting some lavender in your sleep sack so it soothes you. That is not, that's not lavender. And some spills on me and I'm sitting here like now I start itching. What did you do? Hey, Colin, you got some unguent? <laughs> got the griffin grease. Uh, here, here's a dab of griffin grease. Put it on a rag and rub it. It'll pick out like particles. <laughs> that's how it works, you know. So that's what I do. Jake okay. takes a little a little uh, <laughs> finger full of griffin grease and starts rubbing his side where Esmir spilled this itching powder on me. Yay, the griffin grease came in handy. Finally. Totally handy. And I look at her and I say, that wasn't very nice, you know. <laughs> you and your trickery. Why am I always the butt of your jokes? Because I love you the most. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> you guys want to tell spooky stories? No. Okay, so once upon a time, there was a little doll named the Kurgan. <laughs> and then I put my I put my bedroll over my head. Because <laughs> that's the scariest story of all. I hate that freaking thing. I've hated it. <laughs> and Cullen, uh, before you turn in for the night, you you go back out for a smoke and uh, you know check on the watch. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. And uh, at one point, you think you heard a voice out in the darkness. It's a high-pitched human voice. And it sounded like they said, Utini. Oh no! What? what the fudge, bro? Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right, season four, here we go. So we finished off last time with the, uh, the players finishing Firehammer Hold, and now they gotta get back to Daggerford. And, uh, you know, things are going to start to get interesting as we uh, approach or start to approach the, um, what do you call it, the end game of Scourge of the Sword Coast, right? Um, But of course, you know, there are a lot of uh, 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 story threads outside of the module, outside of the original book um, that need to be flushed out. And of course, ones that I want to, you know, start to tie up. Um, And that's, of course, one of the great things about playing a a tabletop role-playing game with other people is that the story is always changing and evolving uh, depending on what the players do, right? I mean, half the places now, especially, you know, in uh, season three, you know, are places that aren't even in the original module, um, you know, that we started playing three years ago. You know, obviously when you start playing, you're just kind of following the module page by page, but then, you know, it starts to grow and change uh, depending on what the characters do. All right. And if you've been uh, listening to us and following us here at Roll Radio, uh, you may have noticed that there was no uh, radio announcer in this episode. And that's because, I mean, to put it simply, uh, they take a lot of time to do. And after, you know, writing it and recording it and then editing it and then putting it into the episode, I mean, it takes about a day to do all that. And after, you know, doing 80 of them, 
um, I'm feeling that it's, you know, it's time to try something different. So for this season, I'm going to do what I did in this episode. I'm going to, you know, set the scene with a short, you know, descriptive intro, like the, you know, the opening scene of a movie or show, and then get right into the game, right? Just get right into it. And of course, the game we're playing is Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition and the Scourge of the Sword Coast module by Wizards of the Coast. And all the in-game music and sound effects are from Sirenscape.com. See how they can bring your tabletop games to life. All right, well, I hope you're as excited for Season 4 as I am. Uh, please consider supporting the show, either through a donation or by becoming a patron, and of course, helping us spread the word. All of that helps keep this going and helps uh, us get better and better with each season. All right. Thanks again for listening and tune in for uh, the next episode where I continue to scare the crap out of the players with a little doll. <laughs>